today on episode 304 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, we have a first. This episode of this podcast will be the first time I've actually ever brought someone on the show for an interview. So if you've ever wondered what's involved with starting your own podcast, hang on because we're going to be talking to the one and only Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Good morning and welcome back to the Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson. And on this podcast, I like to show you how to do cool things on your computer. And you know, one cool thing you can do with your computer is to create your own podcast. I've been doing this show for over six years now, and I think you might be surprised to find that doing a podcast is not as difficult or as expensive as you might think. And it also doesn't have to be that expensive to get your computer repaired. How's that for a segue into a little business promotion? I can fix your computer and I can do it remotely so you don't have to bring it anywhere. Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And information about today's show, along with the links that we talk about, can be seen at my website if you go to computertutorflorida.com forward slash 304. So let's get started. Now, if you look at your podcast player, you might be thinking, wow, a computer tutor podcast episode that's 30 plus minutes? What's going on? And it's true. This is probably the longest episode of this show I've ever done. And here's another first. It's the first time I've ever brought someone else on the show for an interview. I've known about Dave Jackson since, I think, like 2011, when I first started listening to one of his podcasts. And then when I decided to start my own Computer Tutor podcast to go along with my blog, I worked directly with him, and he helped me set everything up. That's what he does at his own company called The School of Podcasting, and you can check that out at schoolofpodcasting.com. Dave's actually been podcasting since 2005, And back then, almost no one had even heard of podcasting, and you had to be a computer geek to figure out how to listen to one. So over the past 13 or so years, he's created a bunch of shows that cover a pretty wide variety of topics. Currently, I listen to three of his shows whenever he puts out a new episode. First one is simply called School of Podcasting. This is a podcast about podcasting. He talks about every aspect of it, and it's really good information for someone who doesn't even have a podcast yet but might be thinking about starting one, as well as someone that might already have a show. It's every Monday morning, and this one is usually around 45 minutes to an hour. Then he has a show called The Podcast Rodeo Show that I listen to regularly, and he does that one three times a week. On this show, he picks some podcast and listens to it for a few minutes, then he gives his honest first impression of that show, what they did right, what they did wrong, you know, just kind of a gut reaction based on his years of experience. What makes it entertaining is that a lot of podcasts are just crummy. But on the other hand, he might be talking about a show that sounds pretty good, And then you've just discovered a new show to listen to. He does this one on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and each episode is usually around 10 minutes. And the other show of Dave's that I like listening to is called Building a Better Dave. 
This one has nothing to do with podcasting per se, but it's just Dave talking about whatever he wants to talk about. You know, maybe some goofy thing he's observed or something going on in his life. Really, it could be anything. I find it interesting since I know Dave is a friend, and it's really pretty amazing because he is so transparent about whatever the subject matter is. These aren't on any set schedule, just whenever he has something to talk about, and they usually run about 15 or 20 minutes. The thing about Dave is he's just interesting to listen to, and you can just tell by hearing him talk that he's a really nice guy. He loves to help people, and he's the kind of person you just want to hang out with. So I got in touch with him, and we talked about a bunch of things. Some of the questions I asked him in our conversation were about starting a new podcast, like how expensive is it, what's the first step to get started, what's the mistake that most people make in the beginning, how long before you might start making money, that kind of thing. But then I wanted to ask him some questions that he might not usually get asked in an interview. So I asked him, what's something that most people don't know about you that might surprise them? What's your biggest fear? What are you excited about right now? And, of course, he had a story for each of those questions. It's fun stuff. I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson, welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Now, you're from Ohio, and I'm from Ohio, and we are, we're about the same age. So full disclosure to the listeners, we did date briefly in high school. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, that's not true. I'll, right. I'll try to remember to edit that out. <laughs> so today we're talking about all things podcasting, and that's pretty much, you've got that niche nailed down pretty well. But first, I want to ask you this. What do you like most about doing a podcast? It kind of scratches every itch I have in the fact that it's, uh, one of my backgrounds is I'm a musician, so I get to be as creative as I want it's kind of geeky if you want to get into all the microphones and all the website stuff. So it's kind of geeky. And then I get to help people, which my other background is I was a teacher. So I get to help people. I get to be a geek and I get to be as creative as I want. So that to me is, is the big one. Have you been a geek all your life? Kind of, I didn't realize it, but my, my dad had a bunch of old radios and stuff in the basement. Cause he was a, uh, he had an electronics background and I would go down there and try to fix stuff on occasion. I would, so I was always ripping stuff apart and putting it together. And, and then as I was a musician, if something would break, I would try to break it apart. And then my original degree was in electronic engineering. So I've always been kind of wow. fixing and, and you know, uh, busting capacitors and that mm, burnt mm -hmm. electronic smell that we all love. Yeah. That's another thing we have in common. I got my ham radio license when I was 16. Nice. So my, you know, my high school years, I was always in my bedroom talking to ham radio operators in other countries and stuff like that. So kind of, kind of some similarities there. If someone asks you, what is a podcast? What, what do you, what quick answer do you have to that? An online radio show that you can listen to anytime you want, kind of on demand radio. And I realize it's not really radio, but most people understand what radio is. And if I say audio, that doesn't seem to kind of connect. I think it depends a little bit on who it is. If it's an older person, I might say radio. If mm -hmm. it's a, a younger person, I might say on-demand audio. It's like Netflix only audio or something like that. Mm, okay. It seems, and of course, the reason I'm doing this episode on about podcasting is because some of the listeners to my show have expressed an interest in maybe starting a podcast or learning what's involved with, with starting a podcast. And it seems logical to assume that doing a podcast would be expensive. So if someone's on a really limited budget, what's a kind of a rough estimate 
of the minimum that they could expect to pay to to do a podcast, to do a show? The minimum, I would say, I don't normally recommend using free stuff, but there are free tools you can use. And in which case, if you're just doing a solo show, just you talking into a microphone, it's just the price of the microphone. So that would be, you know, I use an Audio-Technica 2100 is the typically the one I recommend. And that's anywhere from $65 to $80. Mm-hmm. And then there are free media hosts. I don't typically recommend them because they usually go out of business because free is a really bad business model. But if you're on a budget, didn't have anything. Otherwise, I would say, you know, it's typically around $20 a month. And I usually say for the average person, if there's more than one, like if there's a co-host or something like that, I say plan on spending about the same amount of money you would on an Xbox. Because okay. an Xbox is like two, 300 bucks. But the good news is that's startup cost. After that, it's, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month. Yeah, not too much monthly. And yeah. the microphone that you mentioned, the ATR2100, that's the one I use. I've been using it since you helped me start my first podcast, which is this one. Uh, like six years ago, oh, over six years ago now. How do you actually start a show? What's the first step? Well, number one is your idea. That's, I think, where we all kind of, you know, there's something that I always say for me, when I was married, I, I would laugh because somebody would come up to me and go, here, are you the podcast guy? And my ex-wife would just roll her eyes and walk away because she knew I was going to talk for like 20 minutes without taking a breath. So if there's something you just love to talk about that makes your spouse roll their eyes and go, oh, he's going to talk about whatever the band yes or whatever it is that your passion is that's usually mm-hmm. it because when you first start you don't really have much of an audience and so you need something that you would talk about even if you were talking to nobody kind of thing uh, and then from there it's the microphone and then it's you need a media host uh you know that's a good place to that's somebody that's going to actually host your your mp3 file and then from there it's just you need artwork uh, which again, you can do for free or you can hire somebody on Fiverr to do and things like that. So it's just, just little baby steps. And then from there, it's, I, I always say, if you've ever filled out, we all love taxes, but, uh, if you've ever filled out a form, then, uh, you, you fill out a form once or twice for some things with Apple and you hit submit. And the next thing you know, you're syndicated through all these different, uh, you know, directories and stuff where people can then tune into your show. So, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of things when you first start off doing it that you do once and then you never have to repeat again. Right. It's like a lot of um, unrelated, but sort of related steps that you have to get all in place. And then it all kind of falls together. And after that, you're just recording episodes and uploading. Yeah, exactly. And of course, marketing, if you want to promote the show and that kind of thing. Yeah. What's the biggest mistake you see people make when they start a new podcast or maybe the most common mistake? I think the most common one is people that want to start a podcast to make, and the key here is fast money. There's nothing wrong with, with making money with your podcast. First of all, you don't have to make money with your podcast. I know a lot of people, it's guys that get together every Thursday night, they record a podcast because that's just how they want to stay connected with their high school buddies. And they talk about whatever they used to talk about. And it's a great kind of social thing. And for whatever reason, they're going to release it to the world to to listen to. But I do see that person that will come to me and they'll go, hey, I've got this idea for a show. And then uh, how can I start making money with this? I'd like to quit my job in about six months. And it was just like, mm, boy, that's, again, nothing wrong with wanting to make money with your podcast. But the first thing you have to do is build an audience to do whatever it is you're going to monetize. And so mm-hmm. when I see people do that, I think they're kind of coming in with the the wrong expectations. And I just, 
again, there's always going to be that one person that somehow pulls it off, but that is not the the norm. Definitely not the norm. Yeah. You've been podcasting for a long time and you I know you created a bunch of different shows and you still actually produce several different shows. I listen to obviously School of Podcasting every Monday. Uh, I listen to the podcast rodeo show. That's three times a week, right? Yeah. Okay. And I know you do some others. Can you give me an example of what's one of your shows that just completely bombed? Sure. I started a show on a dare. Uh, one day it was myself and my ex-wife and we were trading dating horror stories. Like she actually had a guy on, on her first date that she walked out of some place. They were, I think they were at, I forget where they're at, but anyway, she walked in and he had dropped his pants. Like this is on the first date. She just walks in. She's like, well, what's going on? And, and so she was, so we were trading these horrible stories and somebody said, this would be a great podcast. And so I started a show called the dates from hell show. And the whole point of it was, and I went through this whole thing. I had all these affiliate programs lined up for match and Yahoo. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, Oh, this would be great. We'll refer people to start dating. And, uh, and I said, we'll have a phone number. We actually had a custom 800 number. It was something like 888 dates, hell, something like that. I forget what it was. We went through mm-hmm. all this stuff and we didn't really have an audience. So we're really, we were basing the whole podcast on people will call in and we'll just share their stories. Well, cause we, we both had three or four. So we had like six weeks worth of material. And the thing I look back and go, what was I thinking? Uh, the number one fear, of course, of most people is speaking in public. So we were asking people to speak in public. Oh, and while you're at it, if you could humiliate yourself and talk about a really horrible time you had, <laughs> that would be great. And then, mm-hmm. then the whole thought was the whole, we were going to monetize it through affiliate marketing. So here's a story about how somebody had a really horrible time on a date. Everybody sign up at match.com and have your own horrible. It was just like, what were we thinking? And wow. so we didn't get any stories. Uh, we didn't get any affiliate sales and it just didn't work. And it was like, well, that was a nice little experiment. So that's when I learned if you're starting a podcast and you think, oh, I will get content from my audience. You don't have an audience yet. No, you know what? And you can attest to this. I'm sure even when you do have an audience, getting people to call in or email in things or things like that, that's even then it's difficult. Yeah. I, I did a show for, for years until I just, kind of ran out of material. I did it for close to 10 years. It was called weekly web tools. And I always thought I would have people chiming in with, here's what I'm using. Here's what I'm using. Mm-hmm. And the only time I ever heard from them is when I said, I think I'm going to shut down the show. They're like, no, wait, here's, here's some stuff. <laughs> so, uh, and then, then you know I, what that show is how I first found you. Yeah. And, web and tools. I kind of mm-hmm. still on occasion might throw out an episode, but it was, it was just getting harder and harder to find, new stuff. And I kept finding these great tools that were put out by marketers. And what they would do is they would put out a, a tool for like two months and then they would pull it. And it, my audience is like, Hey, I, I listened to this episode from a couple months ago. Do you know this product doesn't exist anymore? And I'm like, oh. so it was just another mm-hmm. hurdle. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to, to get people to, uh, to chime in. If someone wants to start a podcast as a kind of a side income or side hustle, how long can they how long before they should really expect to start making any money? When you say any money, are we talking gas money, house payment? What, what, yeah. Uh, something in between. Like, like think about like a part-time job. Let's say you're going to make a uh, hundred bucks a week or a hundred bucks a month, maybe. Right. I, I think you could do that in a year. I know I hear a lot of people 
that talk about year three being when things really start to to click in. And a lot of it's going to depend on your subject and how you're trying to monetize. Like the easiest way is if you have a product of your own that you can sell, that's the best. It's the most profitable. You're not splitting any of the profits with anybody. And if your audience knows you and likes you and they trust you and you say, oh, I just wrote this book on this, they're going to be more than likely to to buy that. It's it's just when you, some people think I'm going to start a podcast and get a sponsor. Well, if you want, quote, one of the the big sponsors, you know, the Casper Mattress and Stamps.com, really less than 10% of podcasters get enough downloads to have those. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a sponsor. It just means you're going to have to go probably find some uh, mom and pop or something that's super niche to you. I, I'm actually having a uh, a sponsor on the school of podcasting from Focusrite. They make these USB interfaces and they contacted me and said, do you do sponsors? And I'm like, wow, this is my favorite kind of sponsor. And I gave them a price. I should have apparently given one higher because they didn't blink. And I was like, doggone it. Um, so yeah, it is, it is possible. But the, the first part of that is you have to have an audience because that's the one thing they asked. They were like, Hey, this is great. Can you tell me about your download numbers? And they went, Oh, here we go. Here's what I have. And apparently I had enough. So Mm-hmm. Well, and you got to decide too, you know, after, if you've been podcasting for a little while and you've built up an audience, how much do you want to risk alienating the audience by now suddenly? Because I got to tell you, I am so tired of hearing about Blue Apron. <laughs> uh, I, you know, and it, the thing with podcasts too is it's, it's nice. It's so easy to just fast forward. Right. You know, you can just skip that stuff, but, um, I, I have a uh, a Hulu subscription, and I even have the one that is supposedly not supposed to have advertising, but mm-hmm. they have a little asterisk there. It's like some channels still make us play advertising, and when they do, I swear it's the same advertisement. And I'm like, please don't make me watch this. There was one for dogs, some sort of uh, – no, it was Febreze. And I'm like, please don't watch make me watch any more Febreze commercials. I almost want to like buy any company that's not Febreze because I feel like at this point it's – it's cruel and unusual punishment <laughs> to make me watch that again. Actually, I think some of the programming is cruel and unusual. <laughs> but, uh, that's another issue. I guess. Yeah. Now, if I'm starting, of course, and now I'm going to throw this out, and this is like a softball question for you. Excellent. Uh, if I'm starting my podcast, why would I want to hire someone like you to help me? I mean, can't I just watch YouTube videos and learn how to do this? There is a... Uh, there's a very popular video on YouTube that I help people undo on almost a daily basis that gives some what was fairly bad advice in 2012. It's really bad advice in 2018. So now I'm really curious. What is the bad advice? It's uh, to use Libsyn. That's not a horrible choice, but you use this thing called file for download only. And, and what this ends up doing And I love this because these are people that are making thousands of dollars a month with their podcast. And you're going to save maybe $10 a month by using this method. And you you use FeedBurner, which is a horrible product. Uh, It was a great product, you know, 12 years ago. But it's this old, outdated product from uh, Google. And then you use PowerPress, which is not a horrible product, but can cause problems depending on where you're hosted at. And then you you jumble all your stats or just all sorts of things. And so people will come to to me and go, hey, I'm doing this. And I see what they did. And I'm like, well, we can kind of clean this up. But you, you kind of started in the wrong direction. Or I've seen people spend close to $1,000 on equipment. And then I'll go, so tell me what your podcast is about. And they're like, yeah, that's that's what I need help with. I'm like, 
wait a minute. You see, you spent $850 on, on a microphone and you don't know what you're going to talk about yet. I'm like, uh, the cart before the horse thing. Yeah. There. Just a little yeah. bit. Wow. You know, I just, I guess this, I'm going to mention this just for the podcasters that are, that are listening, but I just found out something from my friend, Lee Silverstein, Silverstein, mm-hmm. that, um, when he posts on Twitter, the link that he uses in the tweet is the Libsyn direct download link, which means people can be on Twitter and play the podcast right there from that tweet. And I, I didn't realize that before. And That's a great thing. If you want to go one more step, I learned this from Elsie Escobar. You can go into Twitter and make that post sticky. So every time somebody goes to your your Twitter account, that's the first thing they see. Huh. And then every wow. every time you put out a new episode, you have to go kind of de-sticky the old one and re-sticky the new one. But uh-huh. it's a handy little That's little a minor tip. thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing to know. You know, I'm really getting into Instagram lately. You know, I, I think I, I just like it a lot better than than Twitter. Uh, but of course, I you know, you got to do all of them if you want to do a full <laughs> marketing uh, that's uh, it. campaign, I guess. All right. So that's the, now we're going to talk in a minute about how people can contact you and you can tell about School of Podcasting and what you offer and everything. So, but the questions we talked about already are probably the questions that every single person that interviews you asks, but I want to ask a few different things to make it, you know, a little bit, a little bit interesting. So I got a few other questions here for you. What's something that most people don't know about you that they might be surprised to hear? I probably have a couple. Uh, one, I was actually two thirds of the way through school of becoming a pastor. And probably the other one that's a little weird is I worked a weekend in a haunted house, in a haunted schoolhouse, actually. It was one of those things you, you know, I got to be a monster and, and scare people. So I'm not- <laughs> what kind of monster? What did you, what did you I, have to do? I had some sort of skull thing on and I had a black kind of hoodie on. And it was interesting because first of all, the backside of those things was real. I would love to see it in the, in like the light, because I remember Mm -hmm. I had to walk up a set of stairs that was almost wide enough for one person. It just seemed like I was going to, to fall over and die. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing on what amounts to be kind of a stage. That's probably, I don't know, about four feet tall, but then it has a wall that's about three feet tall. Well, I'm six one and I get to stand on this thing and hide behind a three foot wall and then as people would come in front of me, I would come out and over this wall and go. So they'd see this giant glowing skull come flying over because I've got a hoodie on. So it's just I just like a giant skull. And then I think I had hands and I it was I had great fun. I would put people on the floor because they would look up and go. ah, And then they would oh, scream and fall down. And I would do this for whatever, five, six hours. But the fun part was I have a whole new appreciation for like uh catchers in baseball that do stand up and sit down and stand up because my knees hiding me behind a three foot wall for hours on end. I did it for one weekend and literally Mm -hmm. my knees were so shot at the end of the weekend. I was like, I cannot go back. I think I was making a whopping $2 an hour. I just did it more for the experience, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And it was also a lot of, it was kind of scary. There were people, there was some other guy that was like Frankenstein or whatever in some other part of the the place and somebody threw a beer bottle at his head. So I was, that's another one. I'm like, I'm not getting beer bottles thrown at my head for two bucks an hour. I'm like, no, no, thank you. And you did. I remember having to sign some sort of, uh, you know, if somebody kills me in here, I'm, I'm not going to hold you responsible kind of the thing. beer bottle disclaimer. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. You know, I've been listening to you for like six years. I've never heard that story before. So that's <laughs> yeah. maybe fun. you ought to put that in an episode here pretty soon. You know? There I go. On a more serious note, what's your biggest fear? Heights are a pretty big one for me. Uh, that comes through when I was 16. I worked in a grocery store and they had this big walk-in freezer and I was on top of the walk-in freezer. So I'm up in the rafters of this building and there was about, I don't know, a good six foot gap between the end of the, of the freezer and where they're, uh, you put in the um, furnace filters. There was this other metal thing. So there was this big gap between the freezer and the, and the mm. furnace thing. And so they put two planks, like just two wooden planks over. And there was like a little ledge that had about three inches on it. And uh, this one guy shows me how to go over. And I have this other weird piece of wood thing with a coat hanger on it. And I had to stick it in the, the uh, furnace and pull these things out. And he goes, so he goes, oh, you, you know, he goes, it's not that hard. He goes, it's not that scary. He goes, just don't, just don't fall through the ceiling. And I'm like, okay. So to make a long story short, we know where we're this going through. I get all the furnace filters uh, out. And all the time I kept um, just backing up straight. I would walk over straight and then I would just back up. Well, I decided this last time I was going to turn around on the wooden planks and then walk back facing to the, uh, the top of the freezer. And when I, when I pivoted, um, I lost my balance. And sure enough, I, uh, I remember thinking I'm going to die. And mm-hmm. so uh, you remember all your physics classes. So I spread my body out as wide as I could to distribute the center of weight. And it, it kind of helped because uh, my feet went through the ceiling tile and stopped. And so I have those, you know, uh, drop ceilings, these little white typically things are holding me up. And I start to feel the whole ceiling start to, because <laughs> yeah, those things are designed to hold like three pounds. Yeah. Right? And I'm at that time, probably 150, 60 pounds. And the whole ceiling starts to bow. And I still don't know how I did it, but I picked up my whole body and threw myself onto the, uh, uh, the freezer and oh, also, this is during my 30-day uh, trial period. This is like my second week working in this job. And so I look up, and you can see where my feet have gone through the insulation and through that. And I'm looking now at a giant hole in the ceiling. And I look down, and I would have landed on – it was in the meat department. It was right above the meat department. And I would have landed on a table full of knives. And then I look down. <laughs> That's perfect. And yeah. And then I look down, and there's my, my manager. And he looks up, and he goes, you okay? And uh, I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, nice of you to drop in. So he's making jokes about it. Comedian, so, yeah. So after that, uh, I developed a, a slight sense of uh, fear of heights. Is, is So I get a little, I'm okay on a ladder. I'm not that bad. But mm-hmm. there are times when, uh, I remember once I went to, in Cincinnati, they have a replica of the uh, uh, Eiffel Tower. And I got up on that thing and the wind started blowing and it started kind of rocking with the wind. And I was like, okay, I, I got to get mm-hmm. off this thing quickly. So yeah. I had a similar experience. Uh, I, I fell off a roof one time. Yeah. And prior before that, I had no problem climbing ladders, walking on the roof, whatever. But now it's – you ever watch those videos on YouTube with the guys doing parkour and flips oh, yeah. and hanging from a radio tower the, or a skyscraper yeah. or something? I can't hardly watch those. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I just, can watch almost anything on on the internet, but those videos just get to me. Yeah. If you could say something to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Put some money. I, I, You know when you're in high school and somebody goes, if you just put $10 a week, that would be $40 a month and compound interest and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. you're like, 
ten dollars a week. That's not going to amount to anything. I so wish I would have put ten, twenty dollars a week away because mm-hmm. uh, thirty years of twenty dollars. I'm not. I can't do the math in my head, but that would be a lot of money at this point. So that I really wish uh, I, I would have done that. And the other thing I would say is don't forget to put oil in the car because my very first car I blew up because. I knew you had to change your oil. I didn't realize that if you buy a really old car, they they tend to use up the oil. And so I just completely blew the engine because, well, there was no oil in it. I'm like, oh, here's a lesson learned. (laughs) What are you excited about right now? Well, this is a shocking answer. Uh, Podcasting. I'm always excited about that. They're just new things always coming on board. I, I have a secret night right now that I can't say, but there's going to be big news somewhere in the future coming with uh, new players getting into, into the space. And I just, you know, I just hear more and more stories of, of things that people are doing in the way that they're connecting with audiences and they're just, the world gets a lot smaller when you have a podcast in some cases. And so I just see that and I, it's kind of fun because we just had a whole bunch of podcasting companies that all decided yeah, we're getting out of the game. And I'm like, that's fine by me, you know, because I, I think there is kind of a uh, survival of the fittest. And it's kind of funny because the one network was called Panoply and, you know, they had those great shows like. Um, uh, hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. I can't think of a single show. So I understand mm. maybe why they're going out of business is uh, maybe they they weren't quite as good as they thought they were maybe i don't know so yeah. it's always changing there's always new tools and things to play with so and uh so i'm always excited about podcasting well before we sign off go ahead and tell my listeners about what you do the school of podcasting and how people can contact you and and all of that sure uh the website schoolofpodcasting.com and what it is is if you are if you don't even have an idea yet uh, the School of Podcasting has a series of courses that will walk you through how to to shape your brand, how to pick your idea, how to get your equipment, how to build a website if you don't have one, how to get into all those directories, how to record your podcast, really from, from idea to being in, in Apple and all the other directories, it's all there. Plus, there's a private Facebook group, so if you want to network with some people and get other people's opinions – and then twice a month we do, because we try to be cute, we call them office hours, but it's just live group coaching. So if for some reason you watch a tutorial and it's not making sense, you can actually hop on with me live and I'll actually show you what to do. And of course, you always have me answering your emails if you have any, but that's all out at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if someone hosts their podcast with Libsyn and they need tech support, they might actually get you. Yeah, they might actually get me. That's uh, I, I got that job because of my podcast. So it's kind of fun, and it gives me a whole different viewpoint of podcasting because I really see what people are struggling with. And some of the things I actually put into the School of Podcasting are based on things I, I see other people doing at Libsyn. So. Mm, cool. You know, I just thought of one other question. If you were to look at your phone right now at your podcast app, what app do you use? Oh, you, you use an iPhone now, don't you? I, I use an iPhone. I use a a, a app called Overcast. Overcast. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I need to check that out. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. But if you looked at Overcast right now, how many podcasts are you subscribed to? Oh, I have 117 episodes waiting for me to listen as we speak. As I as I say that, I have a, a 118 is downloading. Uh, one, two, three, four. It, it's probably close to 90. I mean, because I listen to every podcast about podcasting, even though I don't listen to every episode. But I mean, it's I I I'm just sitting here scrolling. 
<laughs> I would say yep. probably somewhere between 70 and 100 because I listen to a lot of marketing shows. I listen to a lot of podcast shows. I have a couple shows uh, that are somewhat faith-based. Mm-hmm. And I have some shows about uh, diet and, and health and things of that nature. And so I'm always, if I'm not um, sleeping and not working, I can't listen to podcasts at my job because podcasts kind of require me to, to give them my undivided attention. So it's not like music that I can put on in the background. So if I'm walking, if I'm at a grocery store or somewhere that's not in front of this computer, I'm probably listening to a podcast at 1.5 speed. Mm -hmm. And you, you work from home. So you, not like you have a long commute to have all that time to listen to podcasts like a lot of people do. Yeah. That's one of the things I actually miss is uh, I used to have a 20 minute commute. So I would listen to a bunch of podcasts on the way there and the way Mm. back. And that's why I kind of get excited. I went to uh, Pennsylvania, which is about seven hours from here. And people are like, why didn't you fly? And I'm like, you actually look forward to driving. So plus I get seven hours to, to listen to podcasts. So I actually uh, enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I will, um, you know, talking about podcasting, of course, I will look forward to seeing you at PodFest, the big PodFest multimedia expo that's going to be here in Orlando in March. And what I just, I didn't realize this, I just found out recently, Podcast Movement is also going to be in Orlando next year. Uh, I believe that's in August. Is that right? Yeah. How would you compare those two? I know we're kind of getting into the podcast specifics here now, but how would you compare those two conferences? I've only been to PodFest myself, but I'm planning to go to both next year. Yeah, Podcast Movement is a little bigger, and they have a track for radio people. So you actually have people in the radio industry coming to that, and they they kind of intermix with that. I think they had um, – I'm trying to think if they had anything with social media. I don't think so, but I just remember it was a little bigger – and we're the, the big focus on PodFest, and not that podcast movement isn't about this, but they, they seem to kind of focus on the indie podcaster, the person mm-hmm. that's not in a network and things like that. And they're really all about community. Uh, the other thing I think that's a little different is at PodFest, the speakers are expected to not only come down and speak, but kind of hang out with mm-hmm. all the attendees. And I'm not sure that's exactly the case at, uh, at Podcast Movement. They're both great conferences. And um, they both have great networking uh, opportunities. And it just with podcast movement, it, it's a little, it's, to me, I was just amazed because I usually know somebody in the room because I've been in that industry so long. And I remember I walked upstairs the once and I was like, I, I don't know anybody here. And so that one's just getting so big. It's, it was kind of amazing that way. So I, I it, in a way, I kind of like the smaller conferences a little better because there's a little more community there. It kind of depends on what you're, you're going for, but they're both great conferences. Yeah. And PodFest seems like it's, it is focused on smaller and community oriented and everything, but it's growing like crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot bigger 2019 than it was in 2018. Yeah. It's every year I've, I've been pretty much to every one and every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and yet still kind of maintains that community. So that's the cool part. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty thing. I mean, Chris, Cremo, Chris, Chris Crematosis is. Uh, <laughs> it took me a while to get that one right. It's Kremitsos. Great. I know. <laughs> you know, that's one thing you, we do. He does the um, Florida Podcasters Association meeting uh, every month. It'd be great if you came down to that sometime, just surprised everybody and, and walked in. It's been about two years. Yeah, I did about two years ago. I came down. Oh, really? Yeah, that was for a Tampa Bay Business Association, though. I think it was a different. Uh, I, that's, yeah, that's when we connected and, uh, 
Remember that? Yeah. Was that when we went over to see the yeah. um, Neil and the the documentary we were putting yeah. together, and and uh, we ended up having dinner at a Denny's at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I remember. All right. Well, Dave, it's been a blast having you on here. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, just thanks for having me. And if you're thinking of starting a podcast, come see me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And I highly recommend that for sure. All right. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that. I know I sure did. You could probably tell just by listening to our chat that we were having fun. Hopefully you also found it informative and maybe you might just be inspired to start your own podcast. If that's the case, please let me know because I want to hear about it. And I think you'll also find it interesting to hear about another interview I did with Vincent from Chicago. Vincent is a photojournalist in Chicago, and one night he was at home during a thunderstorm. He heard a noise outside that he first thought was a tree branch breaking, but it turned out to be gunshots. A teenager had been shot right outside Vincent's house, just a few blocks away from Barack Obama's residence. In the end... 17-year-old Michael Patton died that night while Vincent was holding his hand in the pouring rain. And if you want to hear all about what that was like, well, that's the current episode of my other podcast called What Was That Like? You can check it out at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash zero seven. And once again, thanks to all of you that shop at Amazon by going to computertutorflorida.com forward slash shop. That's my Amazon affiliate link. You pay the same price, but when you go through that link, Amazon sends me a little referral fee, and I thank you for that support. So what did you think of this episode? I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email me at pctutor at gmail.com, or just call my podcast voicemail line, 727-386-9468, and you can always leave a recorded message there anytime, day or night. And that'll do it for this episode, but I'll be right back here before you know it with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless. The word plethora really means a lot to me.